Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. I'm talking with Fab- Fabian Dietrich, CEO and founder of Help Ando. Fabian is also going to be speaking uh, next month in the Marker Hotel at the Comfed Digital Services Quest for Quarter Conference. How are you doing, Fabian? Hi, Ronan. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Tell me a bit about your background. Uh, my background. Well, I, well, I was always a computer kid. I think I spent half of my years in front of a Commodore 64, other half on the Amiga computer when it came out, and the other uh, half I was uh, in the forest, which was next to our house. So I think yeah. that's still what's going on now, 20 uh, years later. I'm half a computer geek, half adventurer. So I love... Um, Crossing continents in, in, in Land Rover Defenders or old cars and going through Africa, going through South America, uh, while having my IT company uh, and managing the, the IT company from wherever I am. So I'm, I'm pretty much location independent and um, I spend most of the time in a Land Rover Defender uh, where I live and sleep in uh, while managing my uh, company from, from that Land Rover, crossing through Africa and South America, Europe and so on. Oh, that's a nice. That's a nice journey to be able to do that. Yeah, I can't complain. And is it a V eight or a diesel engine? Oh, it's diesel. Diesel. Diesel is easiest to get worldwide. Yeah. And yeah, diesel. And how old is the uh, Land Rover? Uh, it's a TI one hundred ten from nineteen ninety seven, with a pop up roof. So yeah. I can wherever I am, I can just um, pop up the roof and uh, fall asleep. Nice. Not too old. Very nice. The fenders are very very nice cars. You've chosen yeah, well. Yeah, easy to fix. Yeah, I know that because everywhere you go, they don't rust as well and they've parked easy <laughs> to get, get as well. Right. So tell me a bit about uh, what Help uh, Help Ando does. Um, so uh, Help Ando is a company which helps co- other companies um, to improve how they use their customer service tools. So if you're a company, if you have customers, you probably have some sort of customer service tool. Yeah. Uh, and nowadays, those tools run in the cloud, like Zendesk, like you know, Salesforce, Kayako, Freshdesk, has a bunch of similar products. And we help companies to implement those products. That means we train their agents. We um, do data migrations. Uh, I would say 70% of our income is coming via data migrations. So we migrate data around when customers switch from one system to another. We build apps to extend the functionality of those uh, cloud-based customer service tools. Um, and we design the help centers. So a help center is, let's say you are Rockstar Games and you develop Grand Theft Auto V. You get a bunch of questions from players like, where is the rocket launcher yeah. uh, behind the house? And um, instead of answering those tickets uh, or questions, you just have a help center, like an FAQ system. So we yeah. design that FAQ system so it looks exactly like the corporate identity from Rockstar Games in this case. That's, right. that's the kind of things we do. That's right. So you have uh, you have obviously a lot of well-known clients as well. Yeah, uh, most of I would say ninety percent of our clients are um, U.S.-based, New York, Silicon Valley, um, small startups, but also Fortune five hundred customers like uh, Microsoft, Intel, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Virgin Atlantic, uh, Goldman Sachs. All our clients, uh, but usually it's, it's smaller startups in Silicon Valley. So, uh, how, how many startups do you uh, think would be using your product? Uh, we, we don't have a product ourselves. Yeah. We just um, we are a service company, yeah. so we don't develop our own um, product. We just um, help 
companies who use customer support products to use them in the best way and to do the data migration and the apps and so on. Yeah. I, I think until now we, we, we worked with about 450 to 500 different uh, companies. And how does that work when you're traveling around the world in a Land Rover Defender? Well, basically just the same as, as in the office. You know, I was working in London and I worked there for about two years in the European office and sometimes going to San Francisco. But whenever I was, was sitting at my desk, there was no reason I would have to sit at my desk because everything I did was remote. Everything was via the internet. Sure, we had meetings um, where we met face-to-face, but you know, with today's tools, technology, things like chat, things like video conferences, you, you can have meetings wherever you are. And even if sometimes it's even better. If you have remote meetings, you get straight to the point. Um, and uh, I, I feel people are better prepared when they walk into meetings when, uh, when it's remote. Instead of just going into a room and sometimes thinking, okay, I just leave the responsibility to, to the others and just hang in. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there was no reason when I worked at Zendesk to, to be in the office. Uh, there's the, just that back in the days, the company culture didn't allow working from home too much. And I guess when you're driving around the world in your, in your, in your Land Rover, how do you get connection? Do you use satellite dish or what do you use? So here's an example. Right now, I, I kind of settled down a little bit. I, I have a small house now in, in Montenegro, and I live there yeah. on the top of the hill without neighbors in complete nature. And I get a SIM card from uh, TCOM in Montenegro for 10 euros, which comes with 100 gigabytes of data, which is so much data, and it's so fast yeah. that the, 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 the SIM card-based internet that I have in Montenegro on the top of the mountain is faster than my cable-based internet here in Germany, where I'm sitting right now. And it works on top of the mountain. It works in the cave. Yeah. I was in a submarine recently where it also worked. It works everywhere. And it's, it's, it's amazing. So I've been to about 70 to 80 countries. Where in whatever country I am, I get a local SIM card, which costs me between $1 in Gambia in Africa to $15 in, let's say, Germany. Yeah. And it comes with a preloaded data volume, something between 5 and 100 gigabyte. And uh, it works pretty well. I mean... In my, for my usage, the most bandwidth I need is calls, yeah. video calls, audio calls, like we're having one now. If that is covered, then I'm good. That, that's all I need. And that basically works all around the world. I was in the Sahara recently. I was in the Pedro Desert in, in North Chile, and I had internet everywhere for $5. That's incredible. I was thinking that maybe if you're using a mobile at times, coverage won't be everywhere. But if you're getting it, that's very good going. Yeah, not, not everywhere. I mean, yeah. in Montenegro, for example, anywhere, it's a small country and there's not so many people and not everyone uses the internet, so the, the coverage is quite good. And, yeah. uh, but it, it, there's places where, obviously, you don't have internet. You don't have internet in the Amazon rainforest if you're in the middle of it in, in, in Peru and in Brazil. Yeah. But um, the, usually, I also am in those places and, and the most I've been without internet is maybe a weekend or three days. So I can also, if I want to go deeper inside to the, in the jungle, I can just say, okay, now it's weekend and um, I will just not have any calls during the time. And when I'm back, I'm, I'm back and can have those calls. So I guess those times you just go and digital detox, spend away without work or anything at all and just enjoy yourself. Right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a bit about the, uh, your talk you're giving next month at the uh, Comtrade event in Dublin. Uh, yeah, that, that was interesting. A um, little pre-story here. Um, I was recently in Montenegro, where, where I now live mainly, and um, uh, I tried. To, I wanted to go to the Rolling Stones concert in, in Berlin, and I, I decided to drive up with a Land Rover. And since I d- did that drive many times through Croatia and the usual more direct route 
this time I decided I wanted to go to Bosnia and, and through Serbia and, and other countries. And I thought that's quite boring if I don't do anything on, uh, on the way. And so I decided to just give a talk uh, in every major city that I would pass in, 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 in these five countries between Montenegro and um, Germany. And, you know, usually I would now have to reach out to, to, to co-working space, to events and, and present yeah. myself and try to get hired. But instead, I just did a video, a one-minute video, which I uploaded on Instagram and then promoted it with $50, uh, which resulted in 60,000 views and about, I don't know, 20 invites to talks yeah. uh, in, in those places. So I kind of had a road trip where um, I didn't even have to plan it because people w would reach out to me, which, which I thought was a pretty amazing result. Uh, but one of those results was that um, Quest for Quality saw that video and they um, asked me if I would be okay to do the talk in Dublin uh, in October. Um, uh, the talk itself, I, I haven't completely um, finished it yet, yeah. but um, I will talk about the adventures of being the CEO of a nomadic company, how we managed our company uh, from the Land Rover Defender while we drove from uh, Argentina to Colombia, crossing whole South America, and what the challenges were, how it worked. Um, we also made a video documentary about that, and our mission was to meet people who redefined work. So we would seek out the, let's say, Che Guevara's of work in South America who, um, who, who kind of took work into their own hands, said no to 9 to 5, no to bosses, no to hierarchy, and invented work for themselves thanks to today's um, technology, which um, basically increases the quality um, of life. Uh, yeah. So I talk about the, the, the technical details, how we made, how we had connection, uh, some adventurous stories, how we got stuck in the desert in the sand and had to rush to a call with the Fortune 500 company in Las Vegas and did that from a cyber coffee where chicken were running around yeah. on the ground in the middle of nowhere in the desert of Peru next to the Nazca lines and how it worked actually. And, how, how amazing it is, how, how you can, with today's technology, be this kind of person who, in flip-flops and Bermudas, drives around in a rusty car through the Peruvian desert and do business with Microsoft and Intel. And all that matters is the end result, not the way how to get there and how that's possible. So I, I think the, the meta topic here is how technology can increase quality of life and individual freedom. And I think that's where there's some connection points to, to quality of software, uh, because ultimately it's not, probably not about the software tests or, you know, if when you do what, what the specific algorithms are, but it's about that if you commit your code and you see that the lights turn green, that you can be sure that um, the software will run over weekend or whenever you go uh, at 5 p.m. Uh, yeah. home. So you can just be a little bit more relaxed, which ultimately ultimately increases quality of life. And I think that's uh, where there's some intersections between what I do and, and the topic of um, the software testing. Yeah, and I guess software testing has changed because I remember years ago when I was in college, software testing was when you basically ran software and uh, see if any bugs, whereas now it's used to see if you can make the code run faster and quicker. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I can remember that. And it's very, very strange. Years ago, I thought, this is great doing that. And then recently called, I did a postgrad diploma in cloud computing and it was doing that we a software testing and it was going through all the code, how to make it run faster and everything else. That's not what I thought it was, but it's changed. It's evolved. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I mean, I, I did the last time I wrote software test was when I worked as a full-time developer about six years ago. Yeah. And that's kind of the current the state that I have in mind. So for us, it was you know being being sure that when you do a commit to GitHub or wherever your code start that yeah. uh, the test still run that everything is green and it, it just was very relaxing to to know that and then go into the weekend. Yeah. I guess with GitHub and everything else, that's basically changed your life in a way because it's easier to uh, get your team to go and actually see see the, the, the your your code as as well. Test it for works. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, for, for my personal company, I we don't we don't have any tests. Yeah, I'm always always very quick and dirty. So, and I'm the only one working on that code repository. So I kind of I kind of know that it works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's good. Anything else you want to add to the podcast? Um, um, no. Do you, have, do you have any additional question? No, I don't. That, that's it. Just uh, good luck and uh, enjoy your, your journeys in your Land Rover. And uh, we'll see you uh, in, in Dublin next month. And have a great day. And thanks. Sounds for good. Thank you. Have a Thank good you. day. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.